Welcome to Making the Most of Time with me, Elliot Apple. I'm a financial planner and caregiver. To give you a little background, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer when I was 25. Our world was changed instantly, and it's been a constant state of change ever since. Since then, I've been learning about the intersection of money, health, and loss, personally and professionally. This is a place to explore money, loss, and grief. It's about making the most of time, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. There are no taboo topics, no question is off limits. These conversations are for people like you, people who are about to lose a significant other, widows, caregivers, and anybody affected by a major health event. I'm glad you're here. So with that, let's start making the most of time. I'm excited for today's podcast because we're going to be talking about gifting money to family members and five strategies that you can use to better make gifts to family members. It's one of the most common things that I often get asked about, about tax reporting and other things. So with that, let's dive into today's topic. Most people spend a good portion of their lives working towards financial independence. They enjoy it for some time. Then many people start wondering what to do after they feel they have enough. The next question becomes what next? They start to think about family and how while inheritance can be helpful, gifting while alive is often more beneficial. Then the next question becomes, how should I be gifting money to family members? Do they give cash, stock, pay for expenses directly? What tax reporting is necessary? What taxes do my beneficiary pay? These are important questions. Let's dive into them. So today I'm going to be covering the gift tax exclusion, lifetime gift and estate tax exemptions, different ways of gifting, gifting to 529 plans, paying for medical and education expenses, and creating loans to family members, which while technically not a, is, is not a gift if you structure it properly, uh, can feel like a real gift. So let's talk about the taxation of gifts, and specifically the gift tax exclusion and lifetime gift and estate tax exemption. You need to understand this because it sets the stage for understanding everything else that I'm going to talk about. You can't give any amount of money you want to any other person without reporting it. There are rules that need to be followed, which sometimes comes as a surprise for folks. Married couples, though, they can give as much as they want to their spouse. They have what's called an unlimited marital deduction. So I'm really talking today about gifts to other people. So the gift tax exclusion is the amount that you can give any individual in a year without needing to report it. And it's not only money. If you give a car worth $10,000, that counts against the gift tax exclusion amount. If you give money for a birthday, that also counts. Any money, assets, or anything else of value given counts against the gift tax exclusion amount. In 2022, the annual gift tax exclusion amount is $16,000. The annual gift tax exclusion amount tends to increase every few years. For example, between 2018 and 2021, the annual gift tax exclusion amount was $15,000 for each of those years. Prior to that, it was $14,000 between 2013 and 2017. You get the idea. It increases every few years a little bit. For 2022, what this means is you can give your friend, let's call her Amy, $16,000 this year without needing to file a gift tax return. You can even give $16,000 to all your other friends, even strangers. You can give $16,000 to Marie, $16,000 to Bill, $16,000 to Mariah, and so on. And there's nothing you need to report. There's no limit to the number of people you can give $16,000 to, but you cannot give more than $16,000 to any one person without reporting it. If you give more than $16,000 to one person, it's okay, but you need to file a gift tax return, Form 709. 
No gift taxes due unless you've already exhausted your lifetime gift and estate tax exemption. The lifetime gift and estate tax exemption is the amount of money you can give over your lifetime or have in your estate at death without paying estate taxes. Think about it as a bank account that you can keep giving from without paying tax, but after a certain amount of gifts, you will pay tax. In 2022, the amount is $12,060,000, but it is set to be reduced in 2026 to $5 million adjusted for inflation. So keep that in mind as we talk about federal levels. Although it's high right now, this amount is scheduled to sunset at the end of 2025. Any amount you give above the $16,000 gift tax exclusion amount will count against your lifetime gift and estate tax exemption amount. For example, if you give $116,000 to a person, $16,000 counts towards the gift tax exclusion amount, and $100,000 goes against your lifetime gift and estate tax exemption amount. So if you gave that $116,000, subtract the $16,000 out, you have $100,000 going against the $12,060,000 figure for the lifetime gift and estate tax exemption amount, which leaves you with a remaining lifetime exemption amount of $11,960,000. Once you exhaust your lifetime gift and estate tax exemption amount, then gift taxes due. Something to keep in mind is that if you're married, each person can give $16,000 per year, which means if you give from a joint account or from two individual accounts in each married person's name, you could give $32,000 in 2022 as a couple to a single person. If you go above the $32,000, then a gift tax return needs to be filed. Now, something to know is that gift tax returns are not like individual income tax returns. There is no joint gift tax return. Each person, even if married, needs to file an individual gift tax return reporting their gifts above the annual gift tax exclusion amount. Now that you know how to report it, what's the best way to give money to family members? So the first thing I'm gonna talk about is gifting cash. Giving cash is the easiest and most straightforward way to accomplish gifting money to family members. You can write a check, wire money, transfer between bank accounts, or even give actual cash. You know exactly how much you're giving, making it easy to stay under the $16,000 annual gift tax exclusion. Or if you give more, it's easy to track and report on the gift tax return. Plus, if you're married, you can give up to $32,000 as a couple. Again, keep in mind that any amount you give in cash needs to be reduced by any other gifts throughout the year. If you gave money throughout the year, bought someone a vacation, really anything that has value, you need to total those gifts and reduce your cash gift if you want to stay under the annual gift tax exclusion amount. One gifting strategy I want to spend a little bit of time on that's particularly effective is making Roth contributions for kids or grandkids who recently started working. For example, you can make a contribution up to $6,000 or their annual earnings, whichever is less. So if your grandkid only had $3,000 of earnings from their job, you can only contribute $3,000 for them. I've seen grandparents fund Roth IRAs for their grandkids, and I've talked with others who will match what their grandkid contributes um, just to get them in the habit of saving. For instance, if the grandkid earned $10,000 working a summer job and contributed $3,000 to their Roth IRA, grandparents might contribute $3,000 to match it and bring them to the maximum for the year. A few years worth of contributions can make a really significant impact over many decades. Simple example, if you contributed $6,000 at the beginning of each year for five years to a Roth IRA, never made another contribution, and your grandkid earned 8% per year for 40 years, your grandkid would have over $562,000 at the end of 40 years. can get them a really great jump start on retirement. That's the power of compounding and starting early. Giving cash is easy and a great gift. 
Let's talk about gifting stock next. Gifting stock is also a good option for gifting money to family members, particularly if you don't have cash to give and don't want to create taxable consequences for yourself. For example, if you had bought stock, let's call it ABC, for $1,000 many years ago, and it is now worth $10,000, you would have a $9,000 capital gain if you sold it to give cash. Instead, you could give stock ABC from your account to a brokerage account in your family member's name. No taxes due when you make the transfer, and no taxes really due until the family member sells the stock. When they sell the stock, their gain would be whatever they sold it for, minus your $1,000 cost basis. When you give stock, your cost basis carries over to the person who received the stock. This is often a very effective method of giving because sometimes beneficiaries are in a lower tax bracket than the person giving the stock, which means that they can give it to the other person, the other person can sell it if they want, and pay a lower rate of tax than the original person who owned the stock would have. Gifting to a 529 plan is also a really interesting strategy. Um, giving money each year to a 529 plan is a powerful gift because the money grows tax deferred and if used for qualified education expenses, distributions are tax free, which is great. However, the tax code allows for a strategy called superfunding a 529 plan, which I've talked about previously. But the basic strategy is to give five years worth of the annual gift tax exclusion amount. So in 2022, as an example, five years of that would be $80,000. File a gift tax return to elect to split the contribution over five years and then make no additional gifts in those five years because you've already used your annual gift tax exclusion for those years. It's an excellent way to help someone get started on funding college ex expenses. Another strategy to gift money to family members is to pay for medical and education expenses directly. Paying tuition or medical expenses of another person are exempt from the gift tax. Said another way, if someone had a $100,000 medical bill and you paid the hospital directly, you are not using your annual gift tax exclusion amount or lifetime gift and state tax exemption amount. The key with this is to pay the provider directly. You can't write a check to the beneficiary who then pays the bill. You have to pay the bill directly. Another option is to pay the health insurance premium for another person. If you know someone who is unable to afford their premiums or you just wanna be able to pay for their health insurance, you could pay the health insurance company directly and not be subject to the gift tax. And you'd still give yourself room to gift throughout the year because that's not counting against the annual gift tax exclusion amount. When it comes to education expenses, tuition qualifies, but other expenses such as room and board, books and housing do not. So you could pay the tuition directly and that would not count against the annual gift tax exclusion amount. For people who are in a position to give significant sums of money, paying for medical or tuition expenses allows them to give even more because again, they're not counting against the annual gift tax exclusion amount. And then the last strategy I'm gonna talk about, while not technically a gift, it can feel like a gift. And I'm talking about creating a loan. And although creating a loan is not technically a gift when done properly, and I say properly and I wanna emphasize that because some people create loans that are 0% as an example, um, and that may be considered a gift. But I, I am including this in this section because again, it can feel like a gift compared to other loan options that are out there. Although you need to document the loan, report income on the interest, and charge an adequate rate of interest, the interest rate that you can offer someone personally is often much lower than loans from a bank. An adequate rate of interest is defined by the IRS. They tell you exactly what you need to charge for it not to be considered a gift. As long as you use an interest rate equal to or higher than the applicable federal rate, or AFR, your loan should not be considered a gift. If you charge 0% interest or a rate lower than the AFRs, then your loan may be considered a gift. 
Something to keep in mind is that AFRs change monthly and there are different rates by term, or another way to say that is length of time. For instance, um, if you go or Google AFR rates, you'll see that there's one for the short, mid, and long term for different periods of compounding, annual, semi-annual, quarterly, and monthly. Short term is normally defined as three years or less, midterm between three and nine years, and long term nine years or more. So for example, if the AFR was 1.4% for annual compounding, and you wanted to lend a family member $100,000 for eight years with annual compounding, you would need to charge at least a 1.4% rate for it not to be considered a gift. As long as you documented it properly, reported the interest, and everything else required to make it a valid loan, it's not a gift in the eyes of the IRS, but it could feel like a gift to the borrower. For example, let's say you could find a bank willing to lend you $100,000 for eight years at a 12% interest rate. My guess is it would be higher if you could even find someone particularly if it's not backed by an asset, but let's use 12% as a point of comparison, assuming that you could get this loan. If you could find a bank willing to lend it, you would owe $12,000 of interest in the first year. The same loan from a family member would only be $1,400 of interest the first year. Now, take a second to imagine the interest payments over the next eight years over the course of the loan. With the family member loan, the borrower would pay less interest over eight years than the borrower would in the first year alone through the bank. Although a loan is not a gift if structured properly, it's a very effective way to lend money for different periods of time at very low rates, and it can feel like a true gift. Final thoughts here and a question for you. Gifting money to family members is a very kind act. For those who have enough and are looking to reduce their estate or help a family member increase their net worth, gifting money is really helpful. You have a wide variety of options to give, cash, stock, paying for medical or tuition expenses directly, with 529 plans, you can even give five years worth of gifts in a single year without going over your annual gift tax exclusion amount. Although not considered a gift, lending money at the AFR rates is one way to offer a lower interest rate than someone would typically find at a bank or other lending institution. The rate can be low enough that some may feel like it is a gift. And I'll leave you with one question to act on. Which gifting method appeals to you? Elliot Apple is an investment advisor representative of Kindness Financial Planning, LLC. However, in hosting this podcast, Elliot is not acting as an investment advisor representative individually or on behalf of Kindness Financial Planning. The information and opinions in this podcast are for general, informational, and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment, financial, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of publication, and such opinions are subject to change. No representation is made as to the completeness or accuracy of the information presented. Any past performance referenced is historical and no guarantee of future results. All indices referenced are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. All investments involve a certain level of risk. You should carefully consider if an investment is suitable for you before making an investment. Please consult your legal, financial, and other professionals to determine what may be appropriate for you.